your car. Just get out the car. Lift up your hands. The Spirit of God is right here. It's right there where you're at. I believe that even in this moment that we're going through, I believe even in this situation that we're, that we're going through, that the Spirit of God, the Spirit of revival is all over the land. God is getting ready to release a supernatural flood of his power and glory like never before. I believe that there's many that will be able to just be a part of what the Lord is doing. So right there where you're at, just lift your hands, lift your voice. Let us worship God together. Let us worship the name of Jesus together. He's worthy of the glory. The Bible says that when my people who are called by my name will just bow your heads, bow your faces and pray. He says, I will come. I will answer their cry and I will heal their land. I believe that there is power in your praise. I believe there is a power in your worship. I believe there is power when the church comes together, opens their mouth, and releases a sound, and releases a sound. I believe that from your mouth, a sound as it were from heaven covers the earth, and even in a pandemic, even in an epidemic, God can do the impossible in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Release that word of faith. Release that word of thanksgiving. Release that shout of praise unto the God of revival. Wow, so glad to be here in the house of the Lord. I'm so glad that you have decided to share a little bit of your Sunday morning with us today here in the Encounter Church online and live experience. We are so honored to have you with us, amen. Uh, we are excited for what God is going to do today. I am, uh, you know, beside myself because the Lord has given me a word to share with you, and I'm going to let you know that it is a uh, a personal word is something that God has not just shown me, but that he has taught me and he's teaching me and my family, even in these moments, in these times that uh, we're going through. So I'm going to be a little bit transparent here today. I'm going to share uh, some of my heart with you this morning. Uh, one of the uh, ministers in our church, Sister Jenny, 
uh, in the, the beginning of the month, you know, she daily will record uh, some uh, words of encouragement on her social media platform. And uh, this month she said that September was a month of testimonies. She said, tell your truth, September. And so <clears throat> we wanted to, uh, in the spirit of that, uh, you know, I, I felt that, you know, what we have to say today uh, is something that, um, as I said, is, is personal, but I believe it's going to be a blessing to your life here today. Amen. So I am, uh, you know, ready to uh, speak the word that God has given to me to speak for you today. I'm mindful of the time and of the moments that you have spent with us. So uh, we're going to get right into it. This is our second uh, portion of our series on uncomfortable. So we're going to go right back to the book of John chapter 5 and we're going to read verses 3 and 4. Uh, we read verses 1 and 2 last week. We're going to go into verses 3 and 4 and take our thought from this portion of scripture. It says like this, in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you, God, because you are an on-time God, because you're a good God. You never fail, Jesus. I pray right now that your spirit would be with us, God. Lead us this morning in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated here in the house and also in your house, amen. I want to talk to you today about the subject of uncomfortable suffering, uncomfortable suffering. Suffering is never comfortable. Suffering is never comfortable. It's not something that we're comfortable with. And it really doesn't matter what you're suffering through, it's just uncomfortable. Suffering with a diagnosis, suffering with uh, waiting, suffering anxiously while you're waiting for your opportunity or waiting for that important phone call. Are they going to call me back? What's going to happen next? Suffering through questions that arise in our lives as a result of our circumstances and things that we go through. When is this going to be over? When is this pandemic going to be over? When is this situation going to be over? When am I going to get some relief? When am I going to get better? When is the medicine going to work? When are they going to find the right treatment? Or am I next? I remember when my children were little, we'd go to amusement parks and we'd be sitting in line and they'd say, are we next, Daddy? Line would be about, you know, now we're deep. Say, yeah, we're almost there. Is it my turn? Am I finally going to get my chance? Am I going to get my chance to play? Am I going to get my chance to start this year? Am I going to get my chance at the management seat? Am I going to get that opportunity? Suffering through questions. And sometimes when suffering is prolonged, it gets even more uncomfortable because the questions still remain. And you wonder, am I ever going to get there? Is this ever going to really happen for me? When we last left John's account of Jesus entering Jerusalem, we remember he entered into the city through the sheep gate. And he came to a pool called Bethesda, which had five porches. We learned of the symbolism of Jesus entering into Jerusalem. We learned 
that he began an uncomfortable journey that eventually led him to the cross in Golgotha's hill. We learned of his uncomfortable outpour of his blood, which brought us salvation. We learned of his uncomfortable outpour of water from his body that brings us life today. We learned about the uncomfortable nature of even grace itself and how freely it's given to us and so undeservedly. Grace is uncomfortable. But now we see that Jesus enters into a pool area. It's a great multitude, could have been hundreds, maybe even thousands of people that were suffering uncomfortably. They were afflicted with all kinds of illnesses, all kinds of physical ailments, suffering uncomfortably by the pool, waiting for a moving of the water, waiting for something extraordinary, waiting for something supernatural to occur, but suffering uncomfortably. Now, as I said, suffering is uncomfortable, but it's even more uncomfortable when you're in pain. Oh, my goodness, I hate pain. Pain is uncomfortable. Uh, or when you have a dire need, when there's a need in your life that is so extreme, that is so necessary, that is so urgent, and yet the answer seems so far away, it's uncomfortable. Praise God to have to suffer through that. Because, see, the thing is, you add uncertainty to your waiting, and it almost becomes unbearable. Uncertainty to the waiting. It's kind of like uh, when you go get tested for the COVID-19 virus, and, uh, and you know you don't necessarily feel right, but you're waiting three, four days for the answer. A friend of mine just a couple of weeks ago, uh, we had a, a pastor's meeting, and during the pastor's meeting, uh, you know, uh, one of the pastors said that they were, uh, they had come into contact with someone that had COVID-19. So this particular gentleman happened to be uh, closer to him. He went and he got tested and he said for the three days that he waited, it seemed like it was an eternity, uncomfortably suffering, uncomfortably separated from his wife, from his children, wondering what was going to happen next, right? Uncertainty and waiting when you add to suffering almost makes it unbearable. And I would imagine that many of these people had suffered for many years, many, many years, waiting on something supernatural, waiting on a moving of the water, waiting for a phenomenon that would come unexpectedly, so they had to be ready. They didn't know when it was going to happen, so they had to be prepared. Yet, they waited, suffering through their pain, suffering through their need, uncomfortably, as it were, waiting to move, waiting to jump in when the water was troubled. They were waiting on an angel that would come at a certain time during a certain season to uh, move the water. And if he moved the water, it was filled with healing virtue. And the first one that jumped into the pool would be healed. But they waited, suffering. So not only did they have to wait, but they had to move quickly because when the angel Troubled the water, the healing was just for one person. Only one person could be healed. Only one person's need could be met. So here we have Jesus walking into this scene, and he's surrounded by need. He's surrounded by people 
that are sick, people that are afflicted. And he uses a word to describe them. He uses a word in the Greek called athaneo. Look at your neighbor and say athaneo. This word means that they were destitute of authority. Check this out. They were destitute of authority or power. In other words, they were helpless, powerless, unable to change their situation, uncertain about their outcomes, their circumstances, things that were beyond their control. Isn't that the definition of suffering? Huh? When it's out of your control, when there's nothing you can do about it, you suffer uncomfortably. You know, when, when you're a parent and, and, and you have your children and you're able to care for them and there are certain things within the scope of your control, when they're hungry, you're able to feed them. When they hurt, you're able to tend to their needs. When they're scared, you're able to gather them up in your arms. But there comes a point in time where you got to let them go, and it's a helpless feeling. It's a suffering, and it's an uncomfortable suffering for a parent because you're powerless, you're helpless. Suffering uncomfortably. Nobody likes to suffer. And when you wait in your suffering, waiting through unanswered questions. What did I do to deserve this? Because we all ask those questions from time to time, especially when we're in the throes of our hurt, when we're in the throes of our circumstance. What did I do to deserve this? How did I end up here? When is this going to be over for me? When am I going to finally be able to get this. Now, if you've ever suffered through something, you can relate. Sometimes it seems like if there's no light at the end of the tunnel, sometimes it seems like you're just not going to make it through. Sometimes it seems like you're just not going to get there. So you wait and you wait. Waiting for an answer, waiting for a healing, waiting for a breakthrough that never comes. Never comes. And so in our suffering, as uncomfortable as it were, we ask the question oftentimes, God, when is it my time? When is it my turn for a miracle? When is it my turn for a blessing? I've been suffering uncomfortably too long. God, when are you going to answer when are things going to change? When are things going to turn around for me? When is it going to be my moment? Suffering uncomfortably. And the questions come with seemingly no answers. When are you going to stir the water, Jesus? I'm in my designated place. I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm in church when everybody else is at the lake. Come on, somebody. So when is it my turn? For an answer. When is it my turn for a blessing? When are you going to stir the water? Because right now will be a great time. Right now would be a good time to get me out of this situation. Right now would be a good time to get me out of this situation. Right now would be a good time to answer my cry, Jesus. When is my suffering going to be over? Because it's so uncomfortable. And the suffering continues without 
answer and sometimes the questions abound and the pain continues and we remain uncomfortably suffering. And if I'm being completely honest in the spirit of transparency, I've often wondered myself, why would God allow something that, can, that he can answer in an instant? Why would God allow for something to transpire in my life that he can take care of in a moment of time? What, what, what is the situation? And you have to ask yourself, if you're honest, you have to ask, is it something that I did? Did I offend you, God, in some way or not? Perhaps there's some type of hidden sin in my life. Maybe there's something in me that's just not right. Maybe there's something about me that maybe you just don't like. Is there something that I've done to offend you, God? Hmm? Why would God make us wait for something he can do in an instant? Because, you know, for us, there's got to be a reason for the suffering. Got to be a reason for us to go through what we go through. There's got to be a reason why we haven't been healed yet. Got to be a reason why God hasn't answered our cry yet. It's got to be a reason why I haven't been hired yet. Got to be a reason why I haven't been delivered from my financial stress yet. There's got to be a reason why my kids are still going through what they're going through and they still don't want to come to God. There's got to be a reason why my marriage is still in the same situation. God, there's got to be a reason for my suffering. I must have done something to deserve it. Hmm. And it's especially uncomfortable. It's especially uncomfortable when you're at the place and where you are, where you're supposed to be, at the time you're supposed to be there, doing what you're supposed to be doing. In other words, when you're faithfully serving, when you're at the right place, at the right time, yet your suffering uncomfortably continues. When you're exactly where you ought to be, doing exactly what you ought to be doing, doing exactly what you were called to do, and yet the suffering continues. Now, what's even more uncomfortable is when God does stir the water and someone else jumps in and gets healed. Someone else jumps in and gets their answer and receives their miracle. It's uncomfortable because we rejoice in the But it seemed like you, you just answered somebody else. Reminds me of a stand-up comedian by the name of D.L. Hughley. D.L. Hughley and his comic routine. And I'm not going to repeat it because I'm just not going to repeat it. This is a family show. And he says that he's at church camp. He's at church camp and it's a, he's a young person. And he says, and everybody's getting the Holy Ghost. And God is moving, and, and the Holy Ghost is, is just being poured out. He says, and, and, and I'm about the fourth row. I'm about the fourth row. He says, and the first person gets the Holy Ghost in the first row. Second person gets the Holy Ghost in the second row. Third person gets the Holy Ghost in the third row. I'm the fourth row, and I'm waiting. But somebody behind me gets, I said, what in the world happened? God, you passed me by. 
And isn't that like, like, like our lives sometimes? We rejoice because so-and-so got a blessing. We rejoice because so-and-so got a healing. But when am I going to be delivered? When is it my turn? What do I get out of this situation? Listen, I pay my tithes. I'm generous beyond that. But I'm still suffering in my financial situation. Brother Froilano over there just bought a new house. You know? Froilano is blessed. And here I am, suffering uncomfortably. I, I'm faithfully serving the Lord. I'm faithfully serving God. I'm doing the best that I can to honor God in every area of my life. Yet my children continue to give me issues. My marriage is still on the rocks and suffering. Sister Anacleta, she got her whole family. They're all here worshiping. And her and her husband are about to get into ministry. When is it my turn? Thank God for Sister Anacleta. But what about me, God? What about me? Now, in truth, I've come to God many times with this. I've come to God many times with this in my own life. See, my wife suffers and suffered for many years of chronic migraine headaches. Now, when I say migraines, I'm not talking about ordinary migraines, if there is such a thing. But they're debilitating to the degree that she's considered and she was considered even disabled to work, unable to function. And when I say chronic, I mean waking up daily, every day in pain. Level 9, level 10, migraine headache. Now, if you've ever had one or if you've never had one, count yourself blessed. But if you had one, you know what I'm talking about. Now, my wife uh, today, is, is you saw, those of you that saw us from the beginning, she was up here, and I tell you, she's a preacher. She, I, I felt the, the, the Holy Ghost. I thought maybe she ought to just keep doing what she's doing, but we're going to hear from her very soon. But she's an incredibly strong woman. She's an incredibly strong woman. So you'd never notice it. But more often than not, even while she's in the house of God, rejoicing in the worship, rejoicing in the spirit of God that is present and ministering to others within the house of the Lord, she herself is in pain. She herself is in extreme pain. Yet she doesn't say a word. She doesn't complain. She doesn't go tell anybody. She doesn't come up to the altar and request prayer. Instead, she's praying for somebody else because someone else has a need. Now, what's crazy is together, her and I together have prayed for people with cancer. We've seen them healed. Her and I together have prayed for people with chronic pain, and we've seen God do a healing instantaneously, miraculously. Then immediately after God does what he does, we go home, and she has to suffer through the pain. My family, my children, and I doing our best to try to help her work through that. I've often wondered, God, you use us to do some incredible things. And and I'm so grateful, God, 
I'm so grateful because you chose us. You chose our family. You, you see my daughters up here worshiping. My son you know, is, is, is playing the drums. Sometimes you'll see him playing the keyboard. Sometimes you'll see him worshiping. Sometimes you'll see him preaching. We are blessed to be able to minister. I thank God that he has given that to us. But it hasn't come without uncomfortable suffering. And I've often asked God, Lord, when is it our time? When is it our moment? When will this be over? When will there be a release of pain, God? When are you going to answer, God? Uh, right now would be an opportune time. Right now would be a great time, God. I know you can do it because I've seen you do it. I know you can do it because I've been a part of watching you do it. I know that you're able because I believe you and I trust you through it all. But God, this suffering so uncomfortable. God, this suffering don't feel good. God, this suffering will must and has to end, doesn't it? Shouldn't it? Rejoice for what God does through us. But we love God to do something in us. When is it my turn? When is it our turn? When is it our turn, God? Uh, and it's, it's frustrating because you're doing what you're supposed to be doing at the time you're supposed to be doing it, faithful to the call that God has on your life. So when is it my turn? When is it our turn? The Bible says that an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and he troubled the water. The word that, Jesus, that John uses for season is kairos. Look at your neighbor and tell him kairos. Now, we learned this just a few weeks ago because Kairos differs from Kronos in that it's not the linear succession of time. In other words, Kronos refers to who is next in line, the succession of one moment to the next moment. Kairos has less to do with a succession of moments and more to do with the necessity of the task at hand. In other words, Kairos has to do with an appointed time. Praise God. God told me, listen, Jeremy, the question you need to ask yourself is not, is it my time? And when is my time? The question you need to ask yourself is when is his time? When is his moment? What is his will? Praise God for you. Understand something, folks. God does miracles, signs, and wonders, but he does it to reveal his glory to this world. He does it so that his name will be uplifted. He does it so that you will understand and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if it had not been for the Lord on our side, we would not be anywhere. He doesn't do it necessarily because we want him to. He doesn't do it necessarily because we plead for him to. He does it so that he can demonstrate that he's the only one that can do it. That he's the only one with the power and ability to take the things that are not as though they were. So the miracle comes at his appointed time. Every miracle Every blessing, 
every unexplainable supernatural visitation is all to reveal the glory of God. It's all to reveal the glory of God in the land of the living. The Bible says that Moses, when he was called to leave Mount Sinai, God said, it's time for you to leave this place. You've been here a little bit too long. You've been suffering uncomfortably here at the base of this mountain. It's time for you to move. Moses tells God, listen, God, if your spirit don't go with us, then don't send us. If your presence don't go with us, then don't send us. Because every nation that we come into contact with, every place that we go, we want them to know that your presence is with us. That we are not alone. Hallelujah. We want, you, we want them to know that you are with us through all circumstance, good, bad, and ugly. So if your presence don't go with us, then don't send us. And then he says, but now show me your glory. Now show me your glory. Understand the succession of the events. You see, sometimes we suffer uncomfortably. But the question is not, and the miracle is not in God being able to deliver us or in God being able to heal us. But the miracle is in that the presence of God is even with us in our suffering. That the presence of God is with us through our uncomfortable suffering. That we can go through what we can can go through uh, that we can face the things that we have to face but if the presence of God is with us we are able to endure we're able to endure hardship we're able to endure the things that we don't understand we're able to endure situations that we don't yet comprehend but if the presence of God is with us then we'll get through it but the moment will come when we're on our journey the moment will come when we're faithful to what God has us and he will show his glory at his appointed time so the appointed time for your miracle appointed time for your answer the appointed time for God to do something in your uncomfortable situation to meet those uncomfortable needs have more to do with his purpose than ours. Have more to do with his glory than ours. Have more to do with his will than ours. Have more to do with what he wants than what we want. You see, sometimes we get a little bit confused because we believe that what God wants is what we want. Because you see, what we want makes so much sense. It makes sense that I would be out of pain. It makes sense that I would live a life of prosperity. It makes sense that I would be blessed. It makes sense that I would have no worry. Therefore, if that makes sense to God, it must make, or it makes sense to me, then it must make sense to God. But that is not always the case. You see, the Bible says that God uses uh, the, the base things of this world to confound the wise. There are sometimes we go through some things that are unexplainable. 
There are sometimes we walk through certain valleys that we have no answer for. There are sometimes that we're going to have to go through something that we did not ask for. But as long as he goes with us, as long as his spirit is beside us, as long as his spirit goes before us, then we are able to endure all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oftentimes people mistake the verbiage in the verse. It doesn't necessarily mean that you can do all things, that you can overcome all things, that you can get over all things. It means that you can get through all things. Hallelujah, because of Jesus. It means come hell or high water, pain or no pain, answer or no answer. I can do and get through all things through Christ that strengthens me. Wait a minute. Some of this don't necessarily make sense to me. Because didn't God call us out of misery? Didn't God call us out of hardship? Didn't God call us out of uncomfortable suffering? Now, is it possible that God can actually call us to suffering? Is it possible that our uncomfortable suffering serves something greater than even our miraculous deliverance? Is it possible that the suffering that I endure would bring greater glory to God than my very healing and miracle itself? Oh my God. God, somebody, I know I'm talking to somebody out there because you've been going through this for some time. You've been going through some uncomfortable suffering for much time. And you've often asked the question, God, when is it my turn? God, when are you going to answer? And so we wait and wait for a miracle. We wait for something to transpire. But is it possible that our affliction is it possible that my uncomfortable suffering is it possible that my pain could actually bring a greater glory to God can actually bring a greater glory to him than even my deliverance than even my healing than even the answer that I so desire the answer that I so want if my suffering will bring him glory if my suffering will bring him honor if my pain will lift up the name of Jesus then so be it but let not your presence leave me let not your glory leave me let not your presence hallelujah leave me is it possible that these things would transpire simply to bring him glory listen to what the word says beloved Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. As though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering. That when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy 
are ye. For the spirit of the glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. So then, our uncomfortable suffering identifies us with his suffering. It identifies us with his uncomfortable suffering. And it builds a platform that will glorify God, that will glorify Jesus. It identifies us with his uncomfortable journey to the cross. It identifies us with his uncomfortable suffering that he endured. And though we may have to endure for a moment, for a season, it identifies us with his, uh, with his plight, with his suffering. And for that, we count ourselves, hallelujah, blessed to be partakers, to be partakers of that which he endured so that we will be able to also be partakers of the glory that is yet to await the church of God. Listen, you can't inherit heaven without walking through a little bit of hell. I said you can't inherit heaven without walking through a little bit of hell. Jesus himself, the Bible says, uh, preached to the souls uh, that were encaptured in the pit of hell. Let me tell you something. Uh, those of you that un are uncomfortably suffering, uh, it will be worth it all. I said it will be worth it all. So then, if it is my appointed time to suffer, if it is my appointed time to contend, then I'm going to contend. If it's my appointed time to battle, then I'm going to war. If it's my appointed time to go through some pain, then I want that. I don't know the word in English. Settle yourself. If it's your time for uncertainty, then bring it on. Because his glory is working something greater. His glory is working something greater than my uncomfortable suffering. His glory is working something greater that has not yet been revealed, that has not been shown yet, that has not yet been revealed to this here world. But I want you to know that even in the midst of my suffering, that God has not left me, that God has not forsaken me. I may have to go through this uncomfortable suffering for this season, but when my moment comes, it will be to bring him glory and everyone will know uh, that if it had not been uh, for the Lord on my side uh, then I would not be where I am today. I would not have the testimony that I have. I could not preach like I'm preaching to you right now if I hadn't been through some things. So some of y'all church members family members, when you see my wife here and she worships God, I was watching her right now when the worship team was worshiping and she is just, man, she just gets into it, Daryl. She lets it all flow. She just lets it all out because she realizes she's in the presence of her creator. She's in the presence 
of the one that loved her so much. The one that continues to love her so much. You see, when, when she smiles through the pain, you see her rejoice, you see her worship. She holds nothing back, even when she's suffering from a level 9, a level 10 migraine headache. When she ought to be in her room with the covers over her head in the dark. It's not because she's a superwoman, even though my kids and I think she's superwoman. But it's because she has identified, she has understood that this uncomfortable suffering, this uncomfortable suffering, as much as it hurts, it identifies her with the pain of Christ. It identifies her with the suffering, uncomfortable suffering of her Savior. You see, there was a moment in his suffering where they took a crown of thorns and they put it on his head. I don't know about you, but those thorns weren't like the regular thorns. These were two-inch thorns. The Bible says that when they placed it on, they didn't do it gently. They shoved it on his head. I believe that it pierced even the temples of his brow. And the pain that seared through his body shot from his head all the way down to his feet. And he saw my God somebody. And he suffered that uncomfortably understanding and knowing that what we might have to go through one day is something that he would have experienced, something that he would have understood. So when I go through pain, I'm not by myself. I don't go through it alone, but my Savior has felt every single bit of that pain with me. My Savior is right there beside me, suffering uncomfortably, suffering with me uh, and going through it with me because his presence is with me. Now I have often asked God because the pain is real and her longing, our longing to be free is just as intense as the pain. Why asking when I get into the presence of God? That's not the normal ass, Daryl. That's not the, the, the normal ass that you go to your mom and dad. Hey, dad, can I have a quarter? Well, now, nowadays, they don't ask for quarters. They ask for $100 or whatever it would be. But when I was a kid, dad, can I have a quarter? Dad, can I have a dollar? It's not the normal ask. I mean, this is, this is down on your face. This is down on your face where it's just you and Jesus. And you're there in your closet, you say, God, now, Lord, if I ever needed you before, I need you right now. If I ever needed an answer, I need it right now. This suffering is uncomfortable. I don't like it, God, but I need you to answer right now. And sometimes, sometimes I'm in that situation and I'm on my face. And I mean, I got tears flowing. I mean, there's, there's dents in the floor for how many times I beat the ground asking God. And yet, suffering continues. But we've learned something, my wife and I, my family and I. 
We've learned to rejoice in the middle of uncomfortable suffering. We've learned to smile through because the glory of God is made manifest in us and through us, even in our suffering. Because if it hadn't been for the suffering, the encounter church would have never been born. If it hadn't been for the suffering, many of you would not be hearing this message. If it hadn't been for the suffering, God would not have given me the burden that he's given me to speak into someone's life today and to tell you you're not alone. His glory is made manifest in our suffering. We've learned, and it's our experience, that the enemy will try everything in his power to wear you down. He'll try everything in his power to wear you out. That's his job. The Bible says, and he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. That's the enemy's job, is to wear you down. Make you believe that God don't answer. Make you believe that God don't care. Make you believe that your suffering is going to last forever. Make you believe that there's no rhyme or reason for it. Make you believe that God is ignoring you. But listen to what the word says in Romans 5, 3 to 5. It says, and not only so, but we glory in tribulation. Come on, somebody. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And patience, experience. And experience, hope. And hope make it not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. Ultimately, our uncomfortable suffering creates an open heaven. It creates a platform for God to open up the heavens and show off his glory and declare unto the nations and declare unto you there at home right now uh, that you're suffering uh, though it may be for a moment uh, that it identifies you with him and his presence is with you even through your suffering. His presence is with us. What comes next? We're going to hear about next week is Supernatural. Because of the open heaven, that the uncomfortable suffering. Now listen, there's some of you here today that are suffering through some unbearable pain. This past week, some friends of ours lost a loved one, a mother, daughter, cousin. And it seems so insensible, her passing, a young lady, about 45 years old. She left behind her family, her two sons. And certainly there are questions that abound, questions that arise, because this suffering is absolutely uncomfortable. This suffering is uncomfortable because... When suffering is unexpected, oh my Lord. It's not anything that any of us would want to go through. And there are many others that are suffering through uncertainties right now. Many others that are suffering through issues with your health. 
questions about your finances, questions about your family, your marriage, things that you never thought that you would have to endure and you're uncomfortably suffering. I believe right now that God is going to speak to those things. I'm going to pray for you right now under the unction of the power of God because there's an open heaven right now. And listen, there is no limit to what God can do. I serve a God that is not limited by time nor is he limited by space. My God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He is the same God that is present here, and he is present with you right there wherever you may be. If you're in the county of Monterey, if you're in the state of California, if you're in the United States, or if you're on the other side of the world, I want you to know that God is with you right there. So I believe that in this open heaven, that what we are going to do right now is we are going to declare healing. We're going to declare deliverance. We're going to declare breakthrough in your finances, in your home. We're going to declare breakthrough in your ministries. I believe right now that God is going to give you clarity even through your suffering. God is going to give you clarity right now even through your suffering. Through the circumstances that you are enduring right now. God is going to allow you a glimpse to be able to see in this moment that his purpose is not against you, but his purpose is for you. And we're going to declare this right now in the name of Jesus. Church that is here, I want you to stand. And wherever you are at at home, I want you to get up, stand up. I want you to extend your hand to the TV, extend your hand to the, the, the screen. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Are you ready? Here we go. Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare according to the unction of the power of the Holy Ghost. Right now, Father, that you speak, God. That you speak, God, to the lives of these, your people. God, right now, that you make known, God, hallelujah, unto them, Father. Lord Jesus, your purpose and your will for them. Give them clarity of mind, God, to be able to understand through their uncomfortable suffering, God, that your purpose is greater. God, I pray right now for healing of mind, healing of body. I pray for deliverance in their spirit. I pray for deliverance of relationships. I pray for deliverance in finances. Right now, I declare and release the power of heaven upon your people right now. Bring it down in Jesus' name. If that's you, just open your mouth. Open your mouth. Receive it. Declare it in your home. Declare it in your home. Declare it in your home. Miracle, signs, wonders, healing, deliverance, liberation. Declare it. Make it known. Now listen. God gave me a prophetic word for our Spanish hour, for our Spanish group. And I believe the same thing is for you right now. The same thing is for you right now. This is what the Lord told me earlier. This is what God said. He said, your suffering, as uncomfortable as it were, as uncomfortable as it is, and even though you may not quite understand it, even though it may not be clear, 
what I am going to do in this moment is I am going to give you supernatural strength to endure. I'm going to give you supernatural strength. Check this out. This is what he said. I'm going to give you supernatural strength to walk over your circumstance, to walk over your questions, to walk over your suffering. You see, the Bible says that the people, uh, that the disciples were in a boat, and the boat was rocking. The waves were coming, and it was dark at night, and Jesus wasn't with them. They thought, oh my God, we're about to die. But all of a sudden, they looked out in the distance, and it looked like there was a ghost that was coming to them. It was actually the Holy Ghost because it was Jesus. But they said, is that a ghost? They said, no, it's the Savior. It's Jesus, and he's walking on the water. And as he walked on the water, he told Peter, come on, Peter. It's your time to walk. I believe that what God is going to do, even in your uncomfortable suffering, is he's about to call you out to the water. He's about to call you out to the water. He's about to tell you it's time to walk over your circumstance. It's time to walk over your pain. It's time to walk over those issues in your life. Because I want you to know that as long as I've got your hand, as long as I'm with you, you will endure. My God, hallelujah. Receive that prophetic word for your life today. Now there may be some of you that don't know Jesus that are uncomfortably suffering uh, alone as it were without hope without a friend. The Bible says that Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And right now I would love Nothing more than introduce you to my friend. Than introduce you to my friend that's been so faithful to me. That's been with me through thick, through thin, through good, through bad, through ugly. He's been with me. And in those moments where I felt like I couldn't do it, he's even picked me up, put me on his shoulder and said, hey, I've got this for you. I'll take you the rest of the way. You just rest on my shoulder. I've got you, son. That's my friend. I want to introduce him to you. If you want to know Jesus like I do, then I invite you to say this prayer with me. Every head bowed, church. Let's pray. Father, I confess my sins. I know I've done wrong. I know I've messed up. Man, have I made a mess of my life. But God, right now, I declare that you are my Lord and my Savior. I invite you into my life. Take control, Jesus. Take control of all my life. I declare right now that Jesus is Lord and King now and forever. We believe. We believe that if you declare that prayer, that this is a new day, all things are passed away, all things have become new. We celebrate this new life with you, and we are excited for what God has in store for you. If you've decided, put a commentary on Facebook and YouTube. I've decided so we can connect with you and let you know what your next steps are. We love you. We'll see you next week. God bless you.